If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out EasyBeasy. EasyBeasy is easy to use, easy to learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With EasyBeasy, you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. EasyBeasy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. EasyBeasy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on EasyBeasy. Try EasyBeasy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up. EasyBeasy is a simple work order and time clock app for mo crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with EasyBeasy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to bring on a returning guest. His name's Weston Zimmerman of Synced Up Software. Welcome, Weston. Thank you for being on the show again. Hey, it's good to be here with you again, Scott. This is bringing back flashbacks because I think the first time I was with you was in like the winter of 2021. Probably. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time. I think we've been on multiple times since, but yeah, it's, it's making me remember some of those things and yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We're just chatting a little bit before uh, we got on here and, and it seems time just goes by faster and faster and just, it's hard to, to balance things and remember things and keep in touch. It just, life gets away from you sometimes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Weston, just uh, for those that aren't familiar with you and synced up, you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and what, a little bit about Synced Up and how it came to be? Yeah. So I started working for a company called Tussie Landscaping when I was 16 and started just as a regular laborer on the crew and started running a crew for them a number of years later and then started doing the marketing and got closer and closer to just like in the operation of the business. And I was tasked with getting our company, like we were pretty archaic in the way we operated, honestly, like we were very <laughs> bound to paper and notes and it was just kind of crazy. But I was tasked with getting us onto a system off of paper. And that started this whole journey that ultimately led to us building synced up. But what we, you know, we use a number of different products and a lot of them are really, they're really nice products even to this day. But what we were finding was what we were looking for didn't exist, which was we wanted something that went really deep in the financials, like building a budget, you know, overhead recovery and getting a quote dialed in. We wanted all of that power, plus with all the operational stuff and then tracking things in the field through an app to, you know, track your materials, you know, often when you get mulch from your stockyard, I mean, that doesn't generate a receipt, you know, and yeah. 
and also track all your labor. And so we have that full cyclical feedback loop that allows us to build a better estimate. And then you track your budgeted versus actual and that actual data helps you make a better budget and a better estimate for next time. And just kind of a cycle that just keeps going around and around and around. The longer you use it, the better you get. And ultimately you end up actually making the money that you wanted to make. So that's kind of how we, like that quest to solve that problem or to find that feedback loop. And there was pieces of it out there in the market, you know, but not the whole thing. And so that's kind of what sparked the beginning, you know? <laughs> yeah. How long is uh, Synced Up in business now? Uh, well, we started that spark that I just talked about 2016, 2015, 2016. The business, like when it actually became a business and we started selling it to other people was actually, we started with a beta program in January of 2020 okay. and we launched it publicly in October of 2020. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, it just sounds like, you know, synced up was just kind of created just because like you said, you couldn't find the software to, to meet your needs. You know, we discuss software a lot with our people in our program and it's, to me, there's like nothing against any of your software at all, but you really need to find what you're looking for out of the software yeah. more so than because there's so many different things out there. Some are good at this, some are good at this. And like, it's just hard to find everything. But yeah, having a system like yours that where I think most people struggle with is understanding how to estimate is one of the key things I think synced up helps them with one of them. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the rule of, you know, if you want a better answer, ask a better question or, you know, define a, you know, if you, a, a really good question will get a really good answer, but the hard work is in what is that good question? And so when you're out there looking for a software, the first rule of thumb is, is what is the need or the problem you're trying to solve? And that will easily then make up your mind for you in terms of like what product you need. What I find though, is often when it's like, well, my challenge is in scheduling. Well, if you go get a scheduling system, that's kind of right at the core of your operations. And almost without fail, you will arrive at a point where, well, now I need the depth. Now, now my next problem is the numbers or whatever and the tracking. And so you kind of have two different schools of thought. One is have a tool for each individual thing. Another is like have a system for the full process from cradle to grave or from A to Z. So, you know, it just all depends on what it is that you're looking for and what you need. If you can get really clear on that, well, then you can get really clear on what product you use. Because the other thing that's easy to do when you're trying to find one is like, oh, well, they had this really cool feature. That'd be awesome if we had it. And you strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Like you <laughs> you want the really cool bell and whistle, but you sacrifice all the other things that are like completely foundational or non-negotiables yeah. just to get it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I, I was excited to have you on today's show for was to kind of go along with that feedback loop. And and one of the things is, you know, understanding like man hours and, and understanding why it's so important to track them and everything else. So I know Synced Up is... is is an amazing tool for this in, in tracking man hours, but why are man hours so important in our industry? Why do we need to worry about them, et cetera? Yeah, so great, great question. And I would almost argue, even if you're just getting started, like tracking man hours per job, like Mrs. Jones' job took 87 hours. Mrs. Smith's job took 192, like whatever. Even just having that level of detail is so helpful in the beginning of business. And here's why. There's two ways to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's essentially two ways to screw up your financial success or earning a profit. One is getting the math wrong and building a company budget that informs your estimate and your overhead recovery and your man hour rate fixes all of that. The other way to screw it up is mis you know, missing your production capacity. 
And here's why, because you could build a budget that's perfect on paper, build a quote for a job that's perfect on paper. But if you quoted that it would take 100 man hours to complete it, and then it takes 150, you lose your profit just as badly as if you had done the math completely wrong or shot from the hip. And so the reason man hours is so important, like zooming out, that was on a per job level, zooming out on a per comp, like for the for the, the company for the whole year, like the annual year, like how much are you going to make in 2023? Here's the other reason why tracking man hours is so important is because building a budget is essentially like building an estimate for the whole year for your company. And so you can build a budget that says, hey, I have six people and I'm going to have, you know, 10,000 billable man hours this year and all of this stuff. Well, your budget is essentially counting on the fact that you, in fact, will have those 10,000 billable man hours of production that are billable so that you can recover your overhead. If you then work through, if you fire a guy and don't rehire him or you only produce 7,000 billable man hours that year, then what was supposed to go for your profit goes to pay for the overhead that was not recovered by those other 3,000 man hours. The thing I'm trying to draw your attention to is like, you can build a budget that's perfect on paper, but if your budget says I have six full-time guys and then you only have five, well, guess what? You're not going to make the profit that the budget said you were going to make because you didn't have the production capacity. And so production capacity and getting that right is equally as important as getting the math right. Because well, I, I mean, you have to have that right to get the math right, essentially. Yeah. Now, this is something I know we'll get into a little bit later, but Synced Up helps you kind of calculate all that up for your team members too, so they understand that, right? To me, that's always very important too when you're estimating what you should be estimating in man hours to be able to then tell your team, Hey, we have this many hours kind of, I guess yeah. going back to your job level, but you have this many hours to complete the job and, and try to hold them accountable for that. Yeah. Too, right. And there's differing opinions out there, but I kind of feel like the good people on your team want to know when they're winning. Like mm-hmm. it's a basic human desire to want to know when I'm doing well and to feel good about it. I want that dopamine hit, you know, yep. that I finished a job and I did it well and I beat the estimate and then we're high-fiving each other. Everybody, even the newest guy on the crew, wants that feeling. And so you're actually robbing your employees if you never tell them what the bullseye is, what's the target they're trying to hit. If it's just show up to work from eight to five, well, that's exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, And if it takes seven, eight to five days versus six, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to know. But if you tell them what the bullseye is, what the target is, there are going to be employees that are like, well, I don't care. I'm just going to do the work. You know, But the good people will care. And what that will produce is a bit of a culture where when an employee sees that for the third time we missed the mark on that estimate, they're going to come to you with like saying, hey, I'm just saying like we felt like the job production wise went really well and we still didn't make it. And I want you to you should know that people come to you with suggestions and ideas on how to become more efficient. You know, when I look back at my time with Tussie, let's say we we were barely making it for a number of years and we did budgeting and got our numbers in order. And then we start, got to the point where we could consistently make 10% profit. We increased our efficiency. No, we increased our profitability. Let me put it that way. The predictability of our profitability. Then numbers aside, just squeezing out efficiency gains and ideas that came from within the crews and just little iterations over time. I would argue that those efficiency gains produced just as much margin, if not maybe even a bit more than getting our numbers in order. So that's why I feel it's so important that your team knows when you're winning, when you're losing, because guess where the best suggestions are going to come from to improve? Probably not from the people that are in the office or getting in the next quote out the door, probably from the people that are doing the work. Yeah, I can 100% agree with that. We've been doing some webinars and I've been sharing a story at one point early on, we're, you know, we're at $2.1 million, I think this one year. 
and we just, we, we weren't making money on our jobs. We ended up bringing a consultant in. They came in and they started looking at our numbers and we lost a potential that year, $467,000 because of like unbillable time and things just, we just didn't have the system procedures to kind of go along with it. And we weren't listening to our team, like you mentioned, of like how to just get out of the shop faster, or, you know, how to make the jobs run smoother and all that stuff. So that time can eat away your profits very, very quickly. Yeah. Unbillable man hours is such a deadly killer because it's invisible on paper, yep. you know? When we saw that number of $467,000, it's like, holy cow, like we got to change things now. Like that's, that's insane. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's nice when you can start tracking some of those numbers and start understanding it and, you know, tracking the man hours, tracking unavailable time hours. That's all important for your business. Mm -hmm. Now I know the other side of it too, is when you're doing the estimates and you bid the job out this much. And I know you mentioned that the crews come back and say like, Hey, we did, we thought we went really well but we didn't hit those numbers. What are your suggestions for improvements to how to fix that? Is that something the estimator did wrong or the crews did wrong or what do we do? If production went well and there was, there's really no glaring, easy suggestion for how we could have done it more efficiently, then it's an estimating problem. Absolutely. You can't argue that. I talk to some business owners sometimes that are like, dude, I can do that patio in four days and it takes my guys six days. Well, you got two options. Either you go back and do the patio again and you, you know, or or you start bidding for what your product your company's production capacity really actually is. You're trying to argue with facts if you try to do it any other way. Sure, you can start training them to how to get as efficient as you were, absolutely, but that's a long, slow process. So for right now, the quote you're sending out tomorrow morning, that thing better be tied to the production capacity of your crew. It's just that simple. I know it feels <laughs> Like you want to beat your head against a brick wall and be like, well, I can do it. Fast. Oh, sure you can. But yeah. are you going to go do it? Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's where some of the people that, that I see, like especially on the Facebook groups, they get so mad at their people and I can do it faster. Then they go back and they you know, fire those people and then they go back in the field and they're just getting back in the same predicament they were in the first time, why they needed yeah. to hire people. And it's just it, like you said before, it's just that cycle we can kind of get stuck in. Yeah, like focus your energy not on your team. It's not their fault. Focus your energy on your systems and processes for improving efficiency. To try to do anything else is literally just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. You know, you can convince yourself you're right and maybe you feel you're all right and maybe you are right. Yeah, sure you could do it faster, but this is where it's time to step up as a leader and lead your people. Yeah, sometimes we have to take a good hard look at ourselves and see what we need to do and, and maybe change your mindset that it's not always the guy's fault or the crew's faults or whatever, that maybe you just didn't estimate enough time or maybe you need to do more training. Like you said, it's just, yeah. you have to do a lot of self-internal looking at it and seeing what you can do better, or how you can improve it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I know the other side of things is, you know, you mentioned earlier about the mulch and, and the receipts and stuff and, you know, and tracking those expenses. Why do we need to do that? What What's the big deal? You know, you get your bill, you just pay it at the end of the month. What's the big deal about tracking it? Well, materials are a little easier and tend to be less serious of a problem than labor because it is just a formula. Like when you're trying to calculate the stone that it's going to take to do a patio or the mulch is going to take to do a job or whatever, it literally is a math problem, but you can screw that up. Or maybe some, one crew kind of tends to mulch an inch, inch and a half thick. Another crew, crew tends to mulch two and a half inches thick. You know, you, you, you know, all those things play into it. So the reason it's important to track is for when you're using products out of a bulk stockyard or inventory or whatever, like those do not generate a receipt. And that's usually the biggest leak in companies is 
when you get a receipt, you can say from a vendor, you pulled in, you picked up a pallet of product or you got a load of mulch and you get a receipt and it has a job name on it. That's easy. You know, most people don't struggle with that. You just apply it to the job and then you have your, you know, your job costing for that job where, where the biggest leak happens is if you run your operation where you do have an inventory, you do have a bulk stockyard and you're using sand that was left over from the last job, but you, but you never bought new. So there's no receipt, you know, and that's why it's so critical to track not only the receipts, but also the materials you use. And it's the same thing, estimated versus actual. If I look at my last five patio jobs and every time we're 10 to 20% over on sand or stone, well, I need to go back and adjust my estimating formulas, my production rate to bring it in line with reality. It was same, kind of the same argument I was making about the labor earlier, you know, whatever it takes on the actual, that's what you need to estimate with. Or if there is waste, figure out ways to eliminate the, that waste, bring it back in line to where it needs to be. But you're only going to know that stuff and you're only going to have the information to make a better decision tomorrow if you're tracking. If you're not tracking, it's invisible. This is an analogy I've given a few times. It's like if you go to a shooting range and you lay the rifle down on the sandbags and just put the scope right on the bullseye and square, you know, carefully squeeze off the shot and then never look where you hit and shoot again and never look where you hit, you could be completely missing the target, but you don't know. Same way with estimating and, and job costing. So th- that's kind of the the feedback loop that you were mentioning earlier is, is be able to review your actuals versus your estimated? Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. And when you can look at a job and look at your estimated versus actual profit, estimated versus actual man hours, estimated versus actual material expenses, all the way down to at the work area level, like when I say that, I mean like separating the patio from the landscape to the water feature to the fire feature. Like that's where it's really, really powerful because when you're doing it at the whole job level, maybe the fire feature took way longer than expected, but you don't know what part, like if you just look at the job level, you're like, maybe you're doing great. Maybe you killed it on the water feature and patio, but the fire feature took way longer. The way I like to think about it is I don't want to go analysis paralysis. I only want the data that lets me make a better decision tomorrow. Yeah. And kind of going into the estimating portion of it is you know, sometimes you need to look at the material a little bit different too. So like I would give an example, if you have a tree that you're planting in say the parkway, then you got another tree that's in the back, you know, you have to tear down the gate to get through there and machine through there, you know, that those are different times. It's important to kind of track that or at least average it out or however you want to do it, but you need to understand those times and then it's cost. Otherwise it could be hurting you and you'd coming out of profits. hundred percent. And at a high level, just having the ability to like, say you're working on a quote for Mrs. Jones and then you like, huh, I did a similar thing for Mrs. Smith a few months ago. Let me go back and look at that. Yeah. Bam. That is gold. Yeah. Absolute gold. Because it gives you a confidence when they start coming back on you on price. It's like, no, I mean, no, this is what it is. Void of that data, void of that thing to go back and fact check yourself. You start self-doubting, like maybe I do have too much labor in there. I don't know. You know, yeah. the data gives you the confidence to not self-sabotage. Yeah, that's true. And it's the confidence is something that I, I'm sure you see that many of your people that go through the synced up or the confidence level and, and be able to submit a bid to Mrs. Jones or whatever saying that's this much money and they're confident because they know it's correct in the on the back end of it. And it just makes it easier to sell, I, I find myself when you have that confidence behind you because yeah. you know your numbers, you know your times, you're, you're confident in everything you have. Yeah, when and, and so many times, like homeowners don't know. Like we live in a consumer society where everything's discounted. Like, oh, what do I need to do to get a discount? Blah, blah, blah. So of course they're going to ask you, well, what do I need to do to save 10% or can you knock five grand off? Like that's just our society and it's not their fault. Like I, I don't fault them for that, but 
the moment you respond with a no, I, I, I there's you know, if you, I can take the lighting out and save you five grand, but it is what it is. It, you know, the moment they, the moment you look at them with a, I'm not joking, dead serious, look them straight in the eyes, kind of confidence about your numbers. Most homeowners will back off and like realize, oh no, this guy knows his stuff and this is it. Or if they don't, then they're probably not a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It and. Some things I hear some people through our program is, yeah, beforehand they would, uh, uh, well, maybe, yeah, I can drop it down this much. Yeah, I'll give you a discount on that. And like, to me, that's just, that's just hurting your reputation right there because then you get known for the person, oh, I can get them to go down. I yeah. can get them to go down. And, and just- you know, on a subconscious level that almost really never enters conscious thought, it's hurting your credibility because it's like, wait, what? You mean you were trying to take me over on price. Yes. You just had five grand in there on padding that you can now, because I asked, you can now give it to me. Like, yeah. were you lying to me before? Like, yeah. you know, that's at a sub level, like a subconscious level that probably never hits anyone's conscious thought, but that's what's happening in the human psychology. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Kind of going back to the, you know, tracking the man hours and expenses. I know this is something that we see many landscapers have problems with trying to get their crews to kind of do that and track it. Is that something that you see too? Absolutely. And software doesn't necessarily, it makes it easier, but it doesn't necessarily solve the issue. And here's why I say that it is a leadership and discipline and culture problem because I don't care how easy the software makes it. If you don't require it and accept nothing other, nothing less as a leader in your business, then they're not going to do it. You know, you know, sometimes people come back to us and they're like, ah, I don't think it works for me. Like, my guys refuse to clock in. I'm like, that's not a software problem. That's a you problem. You know, the best way I have found to ensure success on this is two things. Explain the bigger picture. I don't care if you're using paper timesheets or filling out a spreadsheet or using whatever product you want. Don't just shove the app or whatever it is. Don't just shove the process, the tracking process under the nose and says, here, do it. Explain the bigger picture. The way I like to kind of do it is like, hey, we have a team huddle. You know, we all want this company to be successful. Yeah, start with things that you all agree on, common ground. You know, we all want the company to be successful, right? Yes. We all want to make more money, right? Yes. You know, well, for us to make more money or to be predictable with our success, we have to know our numbers. And for us to know our numbers, we have to track this data to make sure that our estimates are priced correctly so we can pay you guys and budget for raises and all of that. And for us to do that, I need you to track this and this and this. And when you explain the bigger picture, a lot of times the resistance will melt from in most cases. And if it doesn't, then it, it's a bigger, like, are these the type of people that I want on my team for my culture? You know, the other thing, the second piece to it is just link the employees pay to the timesheets. Because if you don't, if you're like, yeah, sure, you can text the office admin your hours every Friday, or, or it's all loosey goosey or whatever. But, oh, by the way, also track the hours over here for job costing. It's not going to work. Like They're not going to do it. It's not going to be consistent enough that you're going to rely on it. And then when you're reading the reports later, you're like, ah, yeah, but they didn't try clock in on Thursday. And like, So you don't trust the data anyway. So you may as well not even try. So, you know, tie their payroll hours to it. Explain the bigger picture. Get their buy-in. Like, explain, like, the future and what you want. And then let them opt into it. And if they see challenges or like, I don't know if that's going to work, but, you know, leader or boss or owner, and here's why I don't think it's going to work. They just gave you a gift. Now you have the opportunity to deal with that particular challenge. And it may be a legitimate one that you hadn't seen before. 
Yeah, it, it is a leadership and culture thing. And that starts with having the right people on the team. And it starts with, you know, just use the old carrot thing. Like, you know, put a carrot where you want your people. Like, so if you want them to clock in, figure out a way to bonus them or incentivize them. Like bonus or incentivize the person that had zero issues with their timesheets this month or this payroll period. Or you bonus them for beating hours on a job as long as it didn't have quality issues or whatever. Pick your method. But, you know reward the behavior that you want and everybody will be happier. Yeah, I agree. You have to find the winning for them. Why, why would they want to do this? And then it's not always easy. Like I remember when I first started telling our crew leaders that, Hey, at that time we had the sheets they had to fill out and like, well, I don't have time for this. Well, you need to make time. You need to stop 15 minutes early before you yeah. know you're going to leave and, and start filling the sheet out and writing down all this information. Like that's just part of your job now. Like yeah, that's a really good point because so many times that, you know, as a crew, like, and I can look back at my experiences working on the crew and I, I was had the same mindset. Like my job is to show up and work and make this happen and get this done. And you feel like a hundred percent of your job duties is just to make things happen and to produce. But, you know, sometimes as an employee, we need our world reframed and be like, oh, maybe 90% of my duties are to produce, but 10% of my duties are to track, fill out this report, do this thing, whatever it is. And um, so many times like that, is so helpful when it's just, oh, you know, you're okay with me actually sitting in the truck on my phone in the AC doing this? Yes, I am. In fact, yeah. I want you to do it. Okay, good. You know, yeah. I, I thought I was looking like a slacker if I did that. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I had to remind our team leaders that they're a supervisor position. Like you have to make sure your crews are working and doing what they need to do. Plus, I mean, yes, you still have to be doing work, but your job overall is to make sure the crews are doing what they need to do in a timely manner and you're writing all this information down. It just, it took some time to do it. Like I remember multiple times having to go back and like, Hey, Corey, you didn't fill this out. You need to, you need to get this done. You know, especially if you haven't done it all to me, it was, it took probably a few months for us to kind of get that. Yeah. As just became the norm, the normal around here. Yeah. You're changing human behavior, which is never easy, you know, and what you tolerate, you promote. So if you just kind of laugh it off or brush it off when they miss clocking their hours and then you let them text your secretary to fix their hours in the back end, guess what? Next week's going to be the same thing. Yep. You yep. know, so if you put it in your handbook that the way to get paid, you know, so you're covered legally, the way to get paid is to track your hours. And here's the system. Here's the company policy. You know, the first paycheck they get where Thursday's hours or Tuesday's hours aren't in there, it's going to get their attention. And yep. sure, I'm not saying you have to be hardball. I mean, you can still like after you got their attention, then be like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to pay you. I don't want, you know, I, I don't want to, but I just need you to know how serious this is. You know, mm -hmm. what you tolerate, you promote. Like if you let them do as a leader, if you let them do the things that make your life difficult, <laughs> they're probably going to continue it. Yeah. Do you have any uh, like success stories of somebody that's, you know, been tracking and how it's kind of helped them? Yes. So, I mean, I'll pick Keegan Grove. He's a contractor from West Virginia that was up at our contractor summit last year. And when he was here last year, he was asking tons of questions. He was very engaged, very vocal, but man, you could tell he was struggling. Like he told me later, he didn't even have enough cash to fill up his truck with gas to get to the job site. Like he was that bad, you know, and he took a leap of faith and signed up for synced up at that event or shortly after that event. And this year he's been tracking everything, estimating everything based off his budget and he went from that scenario to making more revenue, top line revenue than he ever had before and doing it at a 30% net profit, wow, that's awesome. which is tremendous. And like, there's dozens, if not hundreds of those stories 
And I kind of look at those stories of like the people that come to my mind are the people that were in the world where they were just like, man, I'm struggling. I'm just going to work harder and I'm just going to work harder and I'm just going to work my, I'm going to grind my way out of this. And the sad reality is, is if you're underpricing your work or you're not tracking things properly so that your work continuously gets underpriced, you cannot work your way out of that problem. In fact, working harder, doing more jobs at underpriced work, it just makes the problem worse. Yeah, there's dozens and dozens of stories on our website. We have a page that's called case studies on our website where there's just company after company after company after company that tell their story of being in a difficult position, getting their numbers in order, beginning to track things and they the, the revelation that gave them on their company's production capacity and how they could get more accurate at their next estimate and how ultimately, and this is the outcome I want for every person out there in business, is they finally have the margin and the breathing room. They're actually making it. Not only, you know, they went from surviving to thriving and they finally feel like, wow, like I actually own the business and not the business owned me. There's just tons of those stories. And that's really why I do this, honestly. Like, (laughs) that's awesome. Like there's nothing that feels better than watching that transformation happen. And yeah, that's the rewarding part. So Weston, you mind sharing a little bit like, uh, about how synced up helps you do all this and how it helps you understand the numbers and, you know, makes it easier to improve those estimates and, and, you know, help your team out. Well, the overall flow of how synced up works, practically speaking, is it starts at the lead. Like, so you enter, once you have a solid lead, you enter the lead and you can schedule a consultation with them in the system. You build the estimate in the system. You send the proposal to the client from within the system. The client can review and approve the proposal from within the system. Then that once they review and approve it, it automatically sends them a down payment. Then you can go schedule the job and the crew sees it on their phones in the mobile app. They have all the job information, the pictures, the hours, the materials, the notes, everything's in there. Then they can just clock in, clock out on the app and the estimated versus actual progress bars of labor materials, et cetera, will continue to populate in live real time as the job is being done. So, you know, before the job's even done, you can tell if something's going off the rails. And then finally, the last step is just invoicing. So all of that can happen. You can also do recurring maintenance. So like routing and route optimization, scheduling recurring maintenance, tracking like the services that were completed for a client last month, and then just hitting a button to send the invoice for it. So that's kind of the, practically speaking, that's the that's the flow that, that it has. And the budget is kind of the engine at the bottom of it, underneath it in the foundation that helps make sure that all that math is being done correctly. Because like when you're estimating and synced up, I mean, you're literally just dragging and dropping in a template or a product and you just plug in your measurements, like 600 square feet of this, bam, that means 21.2 tons of stone or whatever. You know, like a lot of people go from spending hours per estimate to literally minutes per estimate. I watched a guy out in Ohio, Steve Kidwell. I watched him do a, an estimate for a $200,000 pool in like, I think it was under two minutes <laughs> using templates and production rates and synced up. It was awesome. That's amazing. That's that's yeah. a huge, huge deal to, to just be able to submit the quote to the person right away. Yeah. That's something I tell people, the faster you can get back to them, the more likely you're going to get that job, especially when you're out there pumping them up you're getting that customer all yeah. excited about the water feature or whatever you're doing. Yep. And then uh, it'll be a couple days. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you the quote turnaround time, I believe is more important than price. Yeah. If you can get a quote to them before you're even leaving their driveway, now I, I get it. If you're in a multi six figure, massively complex job, that's a little different, different process. But if you're doing a standard 800 square foot patio, a little sidewalk out front, like giving that quote before you leave the driveway, like your chances of closing that job are exponentially higher than two weeks out. And 
if you're sending quotes a week or two after you did, had the initial meeting and then losing it on price and complaining that my price is the problem, <laughs> man, dude, <laughs> just getting the quote back to them right away will solve your problem well enough to the degree that you'll win jobs and get that work. Yeah, absolutely. Now with Synced Up, I know you mentioned that you can kind of see the live you know, feedback from your crews and everything else, yeah. you know, as they're doing it as far as expenses and time and stuff. What are some advantages of being able to see that early on? Well, I go straight back to my time at Tussie. Like, cause like the, the biggest advantage I see is you can spin it many different ways. But for me, before we had that live tracking, I was a crew foreman, the designer salesperson would hand the job off to me. I would do the job. And in the old days when we were job costing manually on spreadsheets and all of that, you know, finally, well, first of all, many people never even get that far, but we were, we had the diligence and the discipline to actually job costs and spreadsheets, even though it was long after the job was done. But the, before the, the old days was I would get a phone call from Derek, maybe, I don't know, three, four, five, six, eight weeks later after the job was done saying like, Hey, you know, do you have any suggestions for me? We didn't do so good on that. Or what, what, what happened? What did you see? And by that time I'm on my second, third, fourth, fifth job <laughs> since then I'm like, dude, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, it rained, but the quality of my feedback was terrible, right? Sure. So the quality of the learning was terrible for the company. And so after we had this live tracking, it completely switched. Like the, the whole script flipped because I had the progress bar live on my phone and I could see before we were, we were maybe even just half done on the job and I could already see that we were not going to make it or we're going to crush it or whatever. But if we're not going to make it, make the goal, I'd be calling Derek and not the other way around. I'd be calling him saying, Hey, I'm just saying production is going amazing. Like nothing's going wrong, but we're still not going to make it. We simply did not have enough of hours in this job or the other way. Like, Hey, I know we're going way over hours on this job. Don't worry. We had terrible rain. Homeowner was picky. It was an anomaly. Don't worry about it. Don't let it influence your next quote. But the quality of learning went up exponentially and so many times, if you already know you're not doing so hot on the job, maybe you try a little extra harder to get an upsell or something out of it that you can do while you're already there and crank up that revenue with high efficiency and kind of help yourself recover a bit from it. You know, So to me, the biggest improvement before and after is the quality of the learning and the instant feedback that you have. Yeah, that's a huge thing because we, we did the same thing, like you said, all by uh, pen and paper, you know. So we'd have our foreman, like I said, they would, they would stop 15 minutes beforehand, whatever, fill out the paperwork, they come back, they have to figure out the man hours left versus what was estimated. And we put a lot on the foreman at that time, but they didn't always do the math right. So it was, it was always, you know, I had to go back and double check. So it was just double work for me. We're having a system like yours that just does it automatically. That's a game changer right there. Yeah, it is. It truly is. It, it really peels back the blindness or the lack of connection to cause and effect. And it can have a complete 180 effect on businesses when you get the double whammy of correcting your numbers, as well as having that feedback loop live that gives you really high quality of learning because you won't make the same mistake twice. Do you have any advice for people that are still like, just, I, I can't just get my team to do it. It's just, you know, I just don't have time to do it. Any other advice you have about that? Well, as a business owner, you cannot spend 100% of your time in the field. You have to have that margin to work on the business in the systems and processes. If you are in the world, like maybe your best crew foreman left and you're spending 
60 hours a week in the field, plus trying to get all the business stuff done. Like you cannot work your way out of that. You have to hire someone and train them so that you have time to work on the business. I say that too. I don't have time. Like there's so many people that they're not making it. They're working 16 hours a day and they don't have time to fix it. Like it's either, I mean, do you want to remain in business? That's literally the question that, that you're, that you're faced with on the side of my guys won't do it. It is a leadership thing. It truly is. And I find that when you make a genuine effort to explain the bigger picture, explain your reasoning as to why you're asking certain things, could be something completely unrelated to software, you know, just a general principle in business. Explain that why you're doing it, give them opportunity to raise objections or challenges they see so that you can collectively work together as a team to overcome them. That is key. And incentivize behavior that you want more of, you know, you promote what you tolerate, like keeping those things in mind is key. And ultimately, if you are doing absolutely everything humanly possible on that level as a leader and they still don't perform, then it becomes a question of, are they the right fit for the team and the culture that I want to build? Yeah. The one thing I learned through just our, my experience was when I started telling team members and, and crew leaders that, Hey, this is something that we're going to start doing, tracking time and all that. I think it scared a couple of people because they're worried that they're going to get caught because they were being lazy or not doing what they needed to do. Yeah. That's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've kind of pulled out some of those people and then we ended up getting rid of them because they were, they were like, especially on our maintenance crew, we found they were just sitting at the gas station or sitting down the road and not working. Like we found that out through the tracking. So it, it, yeah. it helps out so many different ways. So many different you ways. Know, that's a really good point. I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about uh, is like, Sometimes even your good people can be worried that all you're trying to do is catch them in the act of, you know, or they're working their tail off and, and you're still not going to be happy with the results because you didn't beat the hours. So I think it's really important as a leader to set the stage properly and say, look, I'm not here to try to slap anyone's hands. I'm here to genuinely try to learn and get better. And like when we go over hours on a job, I'm not going to be coming down on you. I want you to tell me what you think the problem was. Like, or if from your perspective, what do you think the problem was? So that tomorrow's quote, I can not repeat the same mistake. Make sure there's no threatening, no, you know, being perceived by your team. That's really important. One other question as far as, um, you know, getting your teams to do it. What about, because I know you mentioned that they can do it on their cell phones. Do you have any advice for people that say, well, you know, I don't have cell phones for our, each of our uh, crew leaders. Do you do they need one? Or how do you get the people to use their own cell phones? What's your recommendation for that? Well, to that degree, I would view it as it's, it's a company tool. And so if you're going to want your guys to track their time, whether it's on a spreadsheet or a paper time clock or an app, it's a company tool. So mm-hmm. either give them a, a monthly allowance for contributing toward their cell phone bill or provide them a company phone. You, you pick, but I kind of view it as no different than buying them the shovel they need to use to dig the hole. It's a, it's a company tool to pr- perform a company process. Yeah. It's like to ask them to provide their phone for nothing and you don't contribute anything to it. It's like, oh yeah, I want to hire you. And oh, by the way, I want you to use your truck to do my jobs. You know, it's no different. Yeah, very true. Very true. So Weston, is there anything else you want to add about, you know, the importance of tracking the numbers and, and expenses? I don't know that I have a whole lot. I mean, I just think of the big picture. It's literally the difference between making it in business or not making it. Like what we're trying to, promote and synced up or what we're talking about here is not like, oh, we're trying to tell you how to run your business or whatever. No, it's like you decide. But if you don't want to do these certain things, it's your choice. 
but you're going to get the fruit of those choices, you know, and doing these things, even though you may feel like you don't have the time, or even though you're, you're afraid of what your team will say when you push some of these new things out, doing these things is literally the keys out of the entrepreneurial prison, literally. <laughs> yeah, very well said, very well said. It, it, that's where you just see people struggling over and over and over again, because most of the time, yeah. at least from what I see, is they just don't know these numbers, they don't track it, they don't find it's important. And I think because a lot of people come from the point that they left a job because they thought they can do better and they just don't have the business knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, having the tools like synced up is, is helps you understand that business knowledge and helps you, you know, you may not understand it all right away, but you'll start understanding and grasping why this is important, why you need to do this and how it affects this. So it's, it's important to start grabbing some of these tools like synced up and start implementing it right away because it, it is a game changer for your business. Yeah. Game changer. And it's not like know your numbers is the end all be all. Like it's like you need to know your numbers so that yeah. you can actually thrive and make it and have the margin to have a good business without it crushing the rest of your life. Or know your numbers is just a stepping stone to the result. Yeah. No, I agree. We were told by a industry consultant long time ago, just sell more, just sell more, just sell more. But if you're not pricing that work correctly, like you said, it doesn't matter. You're just working harder and harder and harder and pushing your team further and further and further. And, and they just, everybody gets burned out and it just, yep. it's a downhill effect. So it's, yep. you have to understand these baseline numbers here and it, it's so important. Yeah. And whether you do them manually, I don't care if you do them on pen and paper, everything we've discussed this morning can be done literally as crudely as on pen and paper, but it's just a matter of what works for you. You know, how, how do you want to do spreadsheets? Do you want to do an app? Do you want to do a full end to end system like synced up? It's up to you. Eventually, your time as an owner becomes extremely valuable and you look for every opportunity to save time. And that's the value prop of, yeah. of having software. You know, it makes your life easier in that regard. It makes it when you have a consistent process, you can get consistent results. So Weston, I, I know you've been very busy, you've been all over the place. Is there any other events or anything that's coming up that where you're going to be, I'm assuming you're going to be at equip. Yeah. 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 So last week we just wrapped up our contractor summit, which was fantastic by the way. We're already planning for next year, so watch for our announcement on that, the dates and location for that. And we're going to be at Equip Expo. We're going to be at MOTS, the, uh, I think it's Atlantic City. Yeah. And all the Teco showcases, Northeast Hardscape showcase, there's, there's a number of them. And, and I'm speaking at a number of different places as well, like at the Synced event down in Atlanta in February. So nice. I'm going to be at the Hardscape Mastery with Andy Mulder and Jeremy Swihart and Caleb Allman. So yeah, I'll be around. <laughs> <laughs> Weston's a very busy man, very busy man. But no, go check them out. Go check out Synced Up Software. It's a, it's a game-changing thing you can implement in your business. So definitely go check that out. Weston, I definitely appreciate you being on the show. Is any last words of advice you'd like to share with our audience? Just remember to get 1% better every day. When you're maybe new in business, doing your first couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue, you hear a thing like this, you're like, oh, it sounds so overwhelming. I mean, DM me on Instagram, like, let's have a conversation. Like, if you just don't look at the whole ladder, but just focus on the next rung in the ladder and nail that one, then you focus on the next one, like, you'll be far less stressed. But don't not start just because it looks overwhelming, like 1% better every day leads to incredible results. So don't stress, don't try to solve the whole thing at once one thing at a time. And and you'll look up in a year or two and be like, wow, we have really come a long way. Awesome. Weston, one last question. How can people get hold of you? 
So if you want to learn more about the Synced Up product itself, you can just go to our website, which is syncedup.com. That's S-Y-N-K-E-D-U-P.com. And uh, I'm really active on Instagram. So if you want to follow kind of my journey and my daily life and hear from our customers, I go visit a lot of customers, do podcasts, the Cost of Doing Business podcast, which I do a bunch of reels on, on our Instagram. So yeah, you can definitely follow along the journey there. Thank you very much for being on the show today and look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Scott. I'm looking forward to the next time we run into each other in person. Yep. Have a good one. Yep. Go ahead. That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Millionaire Alliance Care Podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto, do it dirty means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. We honestly believe this is one of the keys to the success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.